is burning. Welcome to World is Burning, the storytelling podcast for your climate anxiety. I'm Elise. And I'm Olivia. And are, are we sleepier or better rested today? We're better rested. Better rested. But we're very nice. <laughs> worried about seasonal depression. <laughs> worried, better rested, worried about seasonal depression. Um, <laughs> Speaking for everyone. Yeah, it's daylight savings. Or it's not. It's yeah. standard time now. It's the end of daylight savings. It's so freaking confusing. Yes. yes. So I'm going to for sure talk about this more. But when you say you hate daylight savings, you most likely mean you hate standard time, mm-hmm. which is something that I've learned. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I. So, yeah, we're talking about daylight savings time today. I'm going to go through sort of the origins, which ended up being like sort of a myth busting for me, because first okay. of all, I've been calling it daylight savings time. This whole yes, time. Same. And that's not it technically, I guess grammatically, it should be daylight saving time. Although I will say, um, mm-hmm. we both love the band Dizzy. You introduced me to them a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. They have a great song called Daylight Savings Time. I looked it up after I learned that because I was like Okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> they definitely say the S. I mean, it's like it's one of those things that technically yeah. it's grammatically correct to have no S, but like people say both. Or people will yeah. say daylight savings, which makes more sense than daylight saving time, which is like a modifier of time. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the grammar of daylight savings. <laughs> this is an hour and a half episode about why there's no S. The thing is also it's like daylight saving time. Like we're saving. I don't know. Daylight or whatever. But then like it, there are like energy savings associated with daylight saving Mm. so it's like savings with an s is also used like in context of daylight saving time so it's a lot of should there be an s should there not be an s we're just like we just (laughs) learned to speak english we're like yeah i'm like (laughs) just showing up right now okay should i get into my portion let's yes okay so my sources were the New York Times, a letter by Benjamin Franklin to the Journal of Paris, um, Britannica Academic, History.com, NPR, Scientific American, and History Matters. So, like I said, the origin story of daylight saving time involves a lot of myth busting. So the big mm-hmm. one was the no S, um, just learning what the heck it's called. And then first of all, Farmers also did not come up with the idea and they didn't even really like it. So a lot of the Mm. time you see like, oh, we kind of do this for the farmers for like rising early and like winter hours and whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. yes, farmers get up early, but they get up with the sun. Not so much like with the time. And especially like this Mm -hmm. is the case in the 1800s. The hour shift basically means that shipping schedules are an hour earlier, which means they might not be milking done milking cows or like fulfilling orders. You know, the hmm. the environment, the like dew does not like r- evaporate an hour earlier just because the time changes, anything like that. Yeah. They would have to wait an extra hour for um, dew to evaporate on harvest hay and hired hands worked less since they still left at the same time for dinner um, and cows hmm. weren't ready to be milked an hour earlier to meet shipping schedules. That was according to history.com. <laughs> um, so they were actually kind of pissed about it. Okay. Um, and were some of the people that led a fight to repeal it in the 1900s. There's also a popular misconception that Benjamin Franklin invented daylight saving time, which Mm -hmm. he's like credited with inventing basically everything. So it kind (laughs) of like like, tracks. 
Yeah. yeah, literally everything. And like, okay, it isn't quite true, but he did write a satirical letter to the editor of the Journal of Paris that teased the idea. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I feel like I need to read a little snippet so we understand like why yeah. people think that he invented it and also how ridiculous it is that like this is people crediting him with like a major invention. Um, <laughs> and also just because 18th century satire is very silly. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so he basically starts the letter like, hey guys, I have an amazing idea. You guys post or you guys publish a bunch of amazing ideas. So like, here's mine to offer to you. He's like, I went to an event where these new oil lamps, not petrochemical oil, by the, by the way, like mm-hmm. vegetable whale, animal oil, Lamps were mm-hmm. introduced, this like kind of maybe fancy event, innovative event. Um, and they were wondering how expensive the oil was compared to how much light the lamps gave off. So this is a quote. He says, I was pleased to see this general concern for economy, for I love economy exceedingly. I went home and to bed three or four hours after midnight with my head full of the subject. An accidental sudden noise waked me at about six in the morning when I was surprised to find my room filled with light. And I imagined at first that a number of those lamps had been brought into it. But rubbing my eyes, I perceived the light came in at the windows. I got up and I looked out to see what might be the occasion of it. When I saw the sun just rising above the horizon, from whence he poured his rays plentifully into my chamber, my domestic having negligently omitted the preceding evening to close the shutters. I looked at my watch which goes very well. <laughs> I forgot he said that. <laughs> I looked at my watch, which goes very well, and found that it was but six o'clock. And still thinking it was something extraordinary that the sun should rise so early, I looked into the almanac, where I found it to be the hour given for his rising on that day. I looked forward to and found he was to rise still earlier every day till towards the end of June, and that at no time in the year he retarded his rising so long as till eight o'clock. this is just like a massive shit post to the the editor whatever yeah he's like i went to a bunch of people and none of them believed that the sun rose before noon like no one would believe Mm -hmm. me and i had to tell them yes it is so and then he says this event has given rise in my mind to several serious and important reflections i considered that if i had not been awakened so early in the morning i should have slept six hours longer by the light of the sun and in exchange have lived six hours the following night by candlelight. And the latter being much more expensive light than the former, my love of economy induced me to muster up what little arithmetic I was master of and to make some calculations. So he does, and he lists them out. He's like, in the six months between the 20th of March, my birthday, no big deal, but just FYI, 20th of March (laughs) and 20th of September, there are um, seven hours each night where we burn candles. So if you multiply that by the total number of hours, it's 1,281. If you multiply that Mm -hmm. by 100,000 inhabitants, um, it's uh, 128 million. If you multiply that number of hours spent in Paris by candlelight, and then you multiply that, whatever, by the pounds of Mm -hmm. wax that you use, you make some more calculations, basically comes to... Um, 96 million and 75 tours pounds, which is like, a, I, I read different equivalencies. It's hundreds of millions of US dollars today, something between okay. like 200. And then I did a calculation that was probably wrong. That was 843 million. 
But okay. he says it himself. He says, an immense sum that the city of Paris might save every year by the economy of using sunshine instead of candles. I believe all who have common sense, as soon as they have learnt from this paper that it is daylight when the sun rises, will contrive to rise with him. And to compel the rest, I would propose the following regulations. First, let a tax be laid of a louis per window on every window that is provided with shutters to keep out the light of the sun. It's basically, you can't have shutters. Second, let the same operation of police be made use of to prevent our burning candles that inclined us last winter to be more economical in burning wood. That is, let guards be placed in the shops of the wax and tallow chandlers and no family be permitted to be supplied with more than one pound of candles per week. So cops in the cam- candle shops. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Third, more of a police state. He says, let yeah. guards also be posted to stop all coaches that would pass the streets after sunset except those of physicians, surgeons, and midwives. Fourth, every morning, as soon as the sun rises, let all the bells in every church be set ringing, and if that is not sufficient, let a cannon be fired in every street to wake the sluggards effectually and make them open their eyes to see their true interests. He's like, all the difficulty will be in the first two or three days, after which the Reformation will be as natural and easy as the present irregularity, for it's the first step that counts. So basically, that is his obviously a joke letter. Yeah. Um, Which like, I was always under the impression that like the French really liked Ben Franklin for mm. some reason. Or just that maybe he was just a weird guy and like would write stuff like this. But like, <laughs> just the fact that he's like roasting them, like, <laughs> you need to like wake up not at noon. Um, Yeah, or he's just like, guys, you're never going to believe this. The sun (laughs) rises at 6 (laughs) a.m. Like, and just like, I don't know. They weren't just like, you need to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just think that that's so funny. But yeah, I did not realize that it was basically all a joke. Yep. Yep. And Um, like, I feel like it's necessary to read it because the whole time I was reading this, I did laugh out loud when I got to like the rules, but I was like, he just (laughs) seems so like satisfied with himself this whole time. He's like, I'm so funny writing in cursive, whatever. Yes. Um, (laughs) So like, yes, again, obviously a joke and also didn't involve actually changing the clocks. Um, But Mm -hmm. sure, let's give him some credit that he already has too much like of and discovering say that, yeah the sun is out <laughs> yeah or like sh- yeah again shit posting about this in 1784 he might have planted some seeds in the minds of other people down the line mm-hmm. maybe yeah so the industrial revolution continues and in the 1800s according to the new york times time was set according to the sun and people And the people running the clocks in every town and city, which created scores of conflicting locally established sun times. Um, So Mm -hmm. it could be noon in New York, 1205 in Philadelphia and 1215 in Boston. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that became confusing, especially as the Industrial Revolution continued and people were traveling more, like more interconnected and like interacting more with other areas. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, in the 1840s, European railroads established standard times for trains and the U.S. followed. So that's how the four U.S. time zones, Eastern, Central, Mountain and Pacific were established. 
And like throughout the 1800s, most of the time zones used today were established, which kind of blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess I sort of knew that. But like, I don't know, to think that like the time zones that we're so like obsessed with now and think about quite often didn't exist like much more than 200 years ago is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Also, just another like kind of funny aside about this is that people absolutely freaked out. The New York Times called it a 19th century Y2K and they quoted their own paper. But in 1883, November of 1883. Um, so mm-hmm. November 18th, 1883 was known as the day of two noons, um, which was hmm. the day that the four time zones in the U.S. were adopted. So people oh. would like wait outside of watch repair shops and jewelers and like we're waiting for the time to change, thinking it would be something exciting. And then they said okay. <laughs> there was a universal expression of disgust when it was discovered that all that was necessary to effect the change was to stop the clock for four minutes and then start it again. Because it was like oh very incremental changes of time. Um, yeah. But then there were also people that were really concerned about that, like thought that that was like altering the fabric of time or something. Um, mm-hmm. They said that jewelers were busy yesterday um, in 1883, jewelers were busy answering questions from the curious, many of whom seemed to think that the change in time would generally create a sensation, a stoppage of business, and some sort of disaster, the nature of which could not be exactly ascertained. <laughs> hmm. Which, like, I get it. Um, yeah. yeah. Same thing happened with Y2K, and, like, it's uh-huh. freaky. Yeah. There was also, like, a subset of evangelical Christians who, like, just opposed standard times as a concept because they thought that it disrespected God's will and, like, God's time. So that was also a thing. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if we just, like, didn't have times? Yeah. Just, like, the sun gets up, we get up. Yeah. Go around. He rises, we rise. What a good idea. When are we meeting? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, based on, yeah. Based on when the sun is at the center of the sky, yeah. which how do you determine where the center is? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so in 1907, an English man named William Willett suggested moving the clock in 20 minute intervals, like over a period mm. of a couple of weeks in September and then moving them back mm. in September. So a total of 80 minute difference, which is very confusing. Um, but he mm-hmm. was a builder and wanted to change the clocks for economic benefits. It was denied Mm -hmm. by British Parliament in 1909, although they eventually adopted a variation of the practice during World War II. Mm In 1916, Germany became the first European country to adopt daylight saving and I think potentially the first in the world in an effort Mm -hmm. to cut energy costs, which I think we're going to talk about more in your section, like whether or not that's actually something that happens. Um, Yeah. But standard time zones were formally adopted by the U.S. Congress in the Standard Time Act of March 19th, 1918. This act also formally introduced daylight saving, although that part of the act was repealed the next year in 1990. Sorry, in 1919. Mm -hmm. So basically, the Standard Time was enacted officially at the exact same time as daylight savings. Hmm. And Woodrow Wilson tried to veto... Again, this is confusing. So they put in Standard Time and daylight savings at the same time. Then they tried to repeal daylight savings the next year because people weren't into it. And Woodrow Wilson vetoed that. But then Congress was so united that they still managed to repeal daylight savings in 
2015. Okay. And the idea was to conserve fuel by reducing artificial light use during World War I. Um, several countries adopted a similar practice during World War II. In the U.S., clocks were kept advanced an hour all through 1942 to 1945. In England, they used double summertime during part of the year, which advanced the clock two hours from standard time hmm. in the summer and then one hour in the winter. I sent you a photo I'll put on our blog of, I think, yeah. well, it's a U.S. like ad, I guess, for the daylight saving bill. So it says victory. Uh -huh. Congress passes daylight saving bill. And then at the bottom, it says, get your hoe ready, which just like really tickles me. <laughs> I love that. Um, but it's like Uncle Sam and his um, American flag suit like has a gun strapped to him and is holding a hoe mm -hmm. and is like pointing down at the big clock. And then there's another like dancing clock that's like below him. It's like a little person. I don't know. So I guess they're celebrating daylight saving, even though it wasn't necessarily something that people liked. Mm -hmm. um, but that just struck me as like aggressively American. I wanted to put it in there. Yeah. And also that the farmers weren't even into it. So it's like, get your hoe ready. But actually, the farmers are like, fuck they're this. Like, this is so annoying. They yeah. were the ones that like led that attempt to repeal in 1919. Uh -huh. So only about a quarter of the world population, which is like around 70 countries, observes daylight savings. History.com pointed out that for locations closer, closer to the equator, daylight hours don't change dramatically. So there's less of a need mm -hmm. to adjust the time. Um, I was curious because of your story last week if Bhutan observed daylight savings, which they do not. I'll also okay. put like a graph um, from... from a graph from Statistica on our blog, worldsburning.com, mm -hmm. that has like the countries, at least I think it was from 2015 or something, the countries that observe daylight savings and the ones that don't. Like most Asian mm -hmm. countries of that region especially don't observe daylight savings. It's only like Mongolia and the Middle Eastern countries or some of them that observe mm -hmm. it. But like most of North America and most of Europe observes it. And like half of Australia. So if you think about the split also of like global north, global south, there's like mm -hmm. a, a pretty obvious correlation. Like most of South America, Russia and like most of Asia, a lot of Africa do not observe daylight savings or maybe they once did, but don't anymore. And I thought like that that was really interesting, especially if we talk about the connection between retail and yeah. daylight savings and how actually it might be more of like an economic like mm -hmm. trying to get people to spend more rather than like trying to help people spend more time outside during the day or also like yeah. an obsession with the nine to five work week I don't know yeah and I think there's a lot of that yeah I'm I'm basically done the only other like little thing that I had was that one of the earliest prominent backers of daylight savings was Abraham Lincoln Filene of the Filene's department stores. Did you find this? Okay. No. Apparently, like in World War One, he was one of the major people that wanted daylight saving to happen because it led more people into stores. Like mm -hmm. at the end of the workday, there was more likelihood that people would like go out shopping or something. Apparently, like, yeah, again, we're going to get into your story and we sort of like have similar or our stories like fall off of each other this week. So uh -huh. sorry if you are going to say this, but according to Scientific American, representatives of the golf industry told mm -hmm. Congress in 1986 that an extra month of daylight savings was worth up to 400 million annually 
in extra sales and fees. Mm-hmm. We have a whole episode about golf or mini sode yes. and episode. We have we have a lawn episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it. I have it noted. I mean, we can jump into your section too, but I yeah. just think that's so interesting because I never like I was like, okay, sure, maybe if people have extra time, like at the end of a traditional work day to like go outside, maybe they're more likely to go to a shop. But I wouldn't have thought that that would be so dramatic. So yeah. 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 Which again, like, and I can talk about this more, but like, it's something like definitely retail, but like people have more time, at least like often, like the way that a lot of Western things function, like people have more time Mm. to spend money which can be maybe bad in an environmental context but also like people do have more time to do like communal like sports Mm -hmm. or support local businesses which I didn't see people talking that much about specifically shopping local Mm. but I feel like I mean we haven't had a change to daylight saving since 2005 which is what I'm gonna focus on that change but especially now since like I feel like it's so easy to shop online or like shop entirely online. Like I wonder the difference that daylight saving has on online sales versus going out to shop at local businesses. If it's light out and you want to get out and about and like, yeah, check out things, which like I didn't find any specific numbers, but like since daylight saving often does translate into more of like an economic policy as opposed to like, uh, energy saving in like in practice I just imagine like if we wanted to push and like get it into people's heads that it's like a great way to shop local like use that extra hour to like support local businesses like support local artisans whatever I like that yeah <laughs> as something to like actively think about as we're going into the holidays especially since I've he- heard so much about like shipping delays if you're ordering things from overseas like thinking about like you know shopping for presents Mm -hmm. like you use that extra hour to shop local so that was just one connection that I made that I didn't really see yeah a ton like mentioned explicitly but like I just think it's cool I guess yeah well you'd almost Um, wonder if like the peak of mall culture was impacted by this the most like 80s and 90s I don't know yeah I, yeah, that's very interesting. But then also so, malls don't have, well, some of them have like skylights, but a lot of them don't have any windows. So you don't even know yeah. what it looks like outside. I don't know. Yeah. So who's to say? Um, but you might also be more willing to go to the mall after work if it's still light outside, as opposed to like if you get off work at six o'clock True. and it's already dark, you're just like, all right, time for bed. I yeah. <laughs> and I think like that's like what goes into the decision making yeah. of, of that. But anyway... Um, As I said, uh, I'm going to focus more on um, the Energy Policy Act of 2005, which included an extension to daylight saving time, partially because you sent me an article and the person that wrote it, I think, must have been like a really they must just be like like a morning person and hate they hate the fact that it is darker in the morning Hmm. and they definitely referenced that energy policy act but they were basically like it's just daylight saving time and they didn't even do light bulbs or like they were like not they seemed to like kind of miss the point of like what the act was about interesting 
because I I like day, daylight saving time. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. So I first read it like they that like Republicans were pushing to like extend standard time, like winter hours. But like that wasn't the case. But anyway, Energy Policy Act of 2005. My sources are NPR, Ballotpedia, Forbes, Ed Markey's website, WebMD and Wikipedia. So basically this 2005 act it's something that like is it an environmental bill like it would be really cool if that were the case but it's really not that was not the point of it so like the biggest goal of the energy policy act of 2005 was meant to make the u.s more independent when it came to energy Hmm. so according to the uh, congressional research service The bill was primarily spurred by rising energy prices and growing dependence on foreign oil and was shaped by competing concerns about energy security, environmental quality and economic growth. So like environmental concerns were wrapped into this. But I feel like the main driver behind the bill was American energy independence Hmm. and just like that security and basically you know, Americans being able to access energy. So for context, right around the time the bill was enacted, crude oil prices were at an all-time high of $63 per barrel and gas prices had risen to uh, $239 per gallon. And also at this time, the U.S. was importing 58% of its oil and predictions said that number would rise to 68% by 2025 if nothing was done about it. So again, like, could a lot of the things in this bill have been climate-minded, like, you know, let's be more energy efficient? Kind of, it could be, but the bill was more about making sure Americans had safe, affordable access to energy that didn't rely on other countries or any, like, (laughs) world politics. Mm -hmm. So what exactly was in this bill? A lot of different things. Um, so $14.5 billion in tax incentives were allotted through this bill over an 11-year period. And that money went towards approximately $1.3 billion in tax incentives for energy efficiency and conservation, approximately $4.5 billion in incentives for renewable energy, $2.6 billion in incentives for oil and gas production and transmission, almost $3 billion for coal production and over $3 billion in incentives for electricity generation and transmission. So some of that money also included tax incentives for people, you know, to purchase hybrid cars and to green their houses to be more energy efficient, which is awesome. And again, is very environmentally minded and is something that we're very much talking about today. But yeah, on top of the money for efficiency and renewable energy, huge amounts of money were obviously going straight to oil, gas, and coal, mm-hmm. which is dumb. Yeah, it's like cancels the out and the good. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that we're having similar debates now of like, mm-hmm. okay, let's put this money into renewable energy, but we're still going to give all these subsidies to oil and gas. But like, mm-hmm. wasn't the title of this bill like daylight? It, it was kind of misleading, right? No, it's it it's the uh, Energy Policy Act of 2005. Oh, okay. I take that back. So, <laughs> yeah. So it is like we need to re 
rethink how Americans are getting energy, which is which is kind of what I wanted to say Mm -hmm. is like, I don't think it's even necessarily great to look at the bill through an environmental lens, although like that's what we look at everything at. Yeah, because like that was not the point of this bill. Um, And like, I believe there are some certain things that would lead like fracking and all that stuff to be easier to do in America and all like all that. So it like very much shifted, you know, the way that Americans were able to get fuel and energy. But it wasn't all good for the environment. Yeah. So I will say that it did solidify as a trend tax incentives as energy policy. So basically, yeah, using tax things to incentivize people to do certain things when it came to energy. So that's just kind of interesting to note. And if you think about like energy policy today, if you see anything like does it kind of have its roots in this? But yeah, all that to say, a lot of people agreed that this bill was really stupid, um, including Martha Marks, the president of the National Republicans for Environmental Protection, who said it really gives a short shrift to conservation and it still continues to subsidize the well-established oil and gas industries that really don't need subsidizing, especially when crude oil is $60 a barrel, which is a very good point. (laughs) And Nancy Pelosi, who said this energy policy is yet another example of Republicans catering to corporate special interests at the expense of the public interest. So it was kind of just like a lot of money going straight to oil and gas at a time when those things were priced at an all-time high. Seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really make sense. Almost like fossil fuel money had <laughs> infiltrated our political structure. Almost. <laughs> like that is exactly the case. Um, so like very suspicious. Not great. But... A lot of the critiques of that bill as a whole have to do with like those big tax incentives and all of that, which make up the bulk of the bill. But not really many of them focused on the extension to daylight saving time, which was kind of snuck in there as another energy saving measure. And this is about the point where I was like, fuck, I've been saying daylight savings time. I've been thinking (laughs) daylight savings time. That is no articles. There are some articles that say daylight savings, but they're like not very good ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So like daylight saving time is how you're supposed to say that. Uh, And I like that we both were. (laughs) I (laughs) Whoops. Um, Yeah, that's true, though. I did like weed out the articles where you're like, okay, this person clearly has done had done as much research as I had before this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So the amendment on daylight saving time extension was suggested by our very good friend, Ed Markey. Love. So we love him. But yeah, he is a big fan of daylight saving time. He partnered with Republican California representative Carlos Moorhead to extend daylight saving time by three weeks in 1985. And he also added that amendment in the 2005 act. So... Um, Again, just to reiterate, daylight saving time is what happens over the summer. And then standard time is what happens in the winter. And again, it's all just to give you that extra hour in the evening. But yeah, and it like definitely sucks that it does shift time of light away from the morning if you are a morning person or have to get up early. But I feel like 
most people that I hear complain about right now, like the shift in time that happened, that like just happened this weekend, people complain about it getting dark earlier. Mm -hmm. I don't really hear people complain about it getting dark in the morning. Maybe that's just who I hang out with, but I feel like that's the general consensus. Yeah, no, but like in Um. the spring... Is like when people get complain about the loss of an hour of sleep. Yeah. But yeah. But people love that it's bright out. Right. That's like And you get pro. used to it. So definitely complaining about the sleep in the spring. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most people are like, thank God the sun's back. I'm very happy. That's how I feel. That's I feel like the general yeah. sentiment that I, I get. So overall, the idea of daylight saving is pretty popular. It's just like you said, that switch back and forth, which is very annoying and has negative health effects. But yeah, it it seems like daylight saving time is generally better. So why did Ed Markey propose this, you know, pretty serious time change as a part of the Energy Policy Act of 2005? And it's because the whole point of it is to save energy, which kind of honestly goes back to that Uh, satirical letter from Ben Franklin like the whole idea is that if you like in his his thing is just like if you're up during daylight hours then you don't need candles and you have a huge saving on that resource it's like the similar idea of like if we change the clocks so we can get the light of the sun to match up when most people are using electricity there's going to be energy savings and like, like uh, we talked about the ec- economics of everything. Like, I don't know if it really actually makes a difference in the long run. But according to um, some things on Ed Markey's website, during the extended daylight saving time that was put into place through that 2005 act, electricity savings generally occurred over three to five hours in the evening. So they saw savings during that period. And then there were some small increases in usage in the early hours of the morning, but it was less so than the savings that were seen at night. And those electric uh, electricity savings amounted to 0.5% of like energy consumption per individual per day of the extended time, which amounted to $498 million in electricity savings. And it reduced oil usage by 2.9 million barrels of oil. So there definitely were some savings technically in energy consumption. So there is something um, to say about that. Um, But I also do want to point out the kind of little article thing that I am referencing here because it was commemorating 10 years of the extension and the article was entitled 10 years later, daylight saving time extension, still delivering savings, comma, smiles. <laughs> because <laughs> I guess I guess at this 10 year marker, they had a really harsh winter. So he was basically saying like everyone is so excited to like have that extra hour of light at night mm-hmm. that it's like a big like relief from this harsh winter. And like it was like, you know, benefiting the community. Everyone was really happy about it. Um, in addition to there being some energy savings. So 
I I like honestly, even like going back to last week, talking about like policy that makes people happy. Mm. Like this is policy that like benefits people's mental health, benefits people's overall happiness and just like morale. Right. Um. So <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I just thought the title of the article, just savings comma smiles was very cute. But it's low key. It's true. Again, that Dizzy song, Daylight Saving Time. Yeah. The, I was like looking at the lyrics last night to make sure I understood it. But it's it's a joke that I've seen like repeated mm-hmm. kind of on social media and whatever, which is like, oh, you think I, you have seasonal depression because of daylight like, or the end of daylight savings, actually. But mm-hmm. people often call the winter portion yes. daylight savings, which is confusing. Wrong. Yeah. But like having that darkness over the winter, people are like, I have seasonal depression, which is. I think there are statistics mm-hmm. that would prove that that does happen. But then when mm-hmm. the sun comes back or the time changes again in March, people are like, oh, no, I'm just depressed. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not the sun. Yeah. But it does make a big difference in like how how you feel and like the change, especially being so stark and like this past week in November, like you really notice how much you mm-hmm. take advantage of that day. Something I wanted to add that I saw a lot yes. because like, you know, again, they were touting the energy savings like 100, 200 years ago. Uh-huh. It's a huge difference to think about like candle wax and like light savings versus now uh-huh. people having air conditioning and cars mm-hmm. that they might drive around at day or at night. Like um, car accidents are another thing like happen more often at mm-hmm. night. But like mainly in-home energy consumption patterns are much different. You know, people having screens Mm -hmm. and like electricity. There's so many more components of that than there were a couple hundred years ago that make a difference on like whether or not it conserves energy. Yeah, which I did see something and like obviously like Ed Markey's from Massachusetts. So it's cold around this time. Mm -hmm. But I did see something that wherever if it's still like hot, or if it's hot, like daylight saving generally means that like there's going to be an increased cost in cooling mm. so that like it generally in warmer climates, it kind of cancels out. I'm not entirely sure how that works or if people are just moving and like that means, you know, their condition needs to work harder or what. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did see that that was a thing. So it's a lot it is a lot more complicated than just like are we saving candles but again energy savings also smiles so um you know what's what's more important yeah kind of like you said there are huge economic impacts and that extra hour at night does cause americans to spend more so i i think you said something about like 400 million but or that was like the estimated cost that the golf industry said they were going to have. I saw that they saw $200 million in additional sales of golf clubs and greens fees as a result of the bill. And the barbecue industry Oh yeah, um, said that because of the extra hour in 1989, that that little bit, that, that extension was worth $100 million in additional sales of grills and charcoal. So... Again, like huge amounts of money that people went out and spent because of that extra daylight. And then also the candy industry wanted daylight savings to happen so bad for the longest time to include Halloween. 
so that people would have that extra hour of light to go around and get more candy and they thought they would you know get more money from that and they they lobbied for that so hard in the 80s they didn't get it um i guess i guess they went around and put like candy pumpkins on the seats of everyone in congress to try to convince people to like oh my gosh move daylight saving to include halloween but they finally got that what they wanted in like the 2005 bill and we just saw that Halloween happened, but still included in daylight saving time. So, yeah, basically, that extra hour of light gives a huge bump to a ton of different industries. Not only are people buying more, but they're driving around to buy it. You know, that likely negates any benefit that you see from saving electricity, at least in terms of like emissions or whatever. But as I kind of mentioned before, in today's you know view maybe it wasn't quite this way in 2005 but now I feel like I'm gonna be a lot more likely to be sitting around online at night ordering stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) um if it's dark out then I would like if there's more light like I'm probably more likely to be like oh I'll go get this at the store so I would be interested in seeing some numbers of like how the extra light affects like online versus in-person sales yeah so that's just something i'm interested about again go to your shopping in person like support local artists whatever for for holidays this year but um yeah that's just something to think about and yeah again like the the industries that were noted to have big increases in money spent were like golf they were grilling they're outdoor things things you generally do with other people which are things that are good for mental health, for, you know, happiness, Mm -hmm. which again, don't love golf. We have episodes about that. Yeah. But I imagine you might also see, you know, increases in intramural sports or something. Yeah. Other athletic sales, like are people going for hikes or walks or, you know, taking their dog out? Maybe that isn't something that you see reflected in the economy, but I imagine it happens yeah so like overall people are more active people are out with people more because of that extra hour can I read something sort of academic yes but I wasn't gonna put this in here because again it's pretty academic but I I wanted to get some like proper research so I was going through my school's library Uh and I found this book called past and present energy societies how energy connects politics technologies and cultures just super interesting and like I don't know, this whole time and like your story, especially I'm thinking about like just how deeply connected we are to like energy structures and like Mm -hmm. how kind of sad that can be. So, yeah, there's a whole chapter in that book about like the switch to daylight savings, specifically in like East and West Germany, who like decided to do it at Mm -hmm. the same time. And he quotes an essay called Energy and Equity from 1974, written by Ivan Illich. Um, Okay. And so, I don't know. Does this give me a lot to think about? He said, the energy policies adopted during the current decade, so 20th century, Mm -hmm. will determine the range and character of social relationships a society will be able to enjoy by the year 2000. A low energy policy allows for a wide choice of lifestyles and cultures. If, on the other hand, a society opts for high energy consumption, its social relations must be dictated by tech- techno technocracy technocracy mm. basically by technology 
I just can't say the word, and will be equally degrading whether labeled capitalist or socialist. Even if non-polluting power were feasible and abundant, the use of energy on a massive scale acts on society like a drug that is physically harmless but psychically enslaving. Okay. That just kind of blew my mind. Okay. Interesting. Also, I don't know if you have anything more to say. That's it. I'm assuming you do. But I think that's really interesting also in light of like all the like Facebook announcements about Mm. like the metaverse or whatever Mm -hmm. and how they they claim that it will be energy saving because you're not like traveling which in some cases I think that's true but like the idea that like we'd all essentially be socializing on a server which is would be I'm assuming quite energy intensive yeah and how flat that sounds to me and how like singular Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess like a way to socialize yeah that's yeah, no, it just makes me think about the, the last year and a half and like especially the beginning of the pandemic when truly like all of my mm-hmm. social interactions were happening online or with my parents who I was living like living with briefly at the yeah. time. And like how just like sad again, like psychically enslaving. I don't like that term yeah. exactly, but like just yeah, the the chain to like being so obsessed with like our where our energy comes from and then if you like lose power during that time it affects mm-hmm. everything whereas if you're like less reliant on energy structures then a power outage or like is not going to meaningfully affect you in the same way um mm-hmm. and i don't know i just feel like i've been even when i've had like access to the best technology and been using the most energy does not equate with when I'm the happiest. Like when I've been the happiest has generally been when I've had the lowest energy consumption. Like, um, I don't Mm -hmm. know, my little apartment in Morocco that had like my had my boda gas that I turned on for my stove and like, you know, a minimal amount of energy and internet that I could use like certain periods of time during the day. Mm -hmm. Like that was great. And like, I don't know, just this like equating of energy and happiness. Maybe we need to talk about that more. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And honestly, that's even reminding me of like the freeze and stuff, which was terrible yeah. because it was actually a crisis and everything was falling apart. And like things were breaking outside of energy and because we didn't have electricity. Yeah, in Austin last but year, just for context. In Austin last year. Yeah, the, during the freeze um, and everything. But like at the same time, in a moment where we like we didn't have access to power, people like we're talking like everyone was socializing in different ways like people were hanging out like visiting friends like doing all sorts of stuff and obviously there was a lot more going on mm-hmm. but like it is interesting to see in uh when you don't have power like you kind of have to go out and just like engage yeah um which is good i guess um again if there aren't other like catastrophes happening alongside of that yeah but yeah, that's something that's really interesting to think about. Um, yeah, and just especially when we think about like, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about degrowth and like democratic socialist mm-hmm. policies and stuff like that. And like this idea that if even if we switch to a 100% renewable energy grid, the like energy consumption levels that we have now, specifically in the global north, are mm-hmm. unsustainable regardless of where the energy comes from, which is like a hard thing to wrap mm-hmm. your mind around, especially like yeah, air conditioning and stuff like that. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's worth thinking about. And also worth thinking about when we talk about daylight savings over the last 150 years, because like our energy mm-hmm. consumption and reliance has just like skyrocketed, not only with yeah. AC, but like the Internet. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. And also, OK, <laughs> this is just going fully off the rails, it's but fine. it's fine. because I like it. <laughs> but like that 0.5 percent of energy savings per person like during that extended time mm-hmm. how does that correlate to again like people are gen- generally happier when they get that extra hour so or just like that hour shifts so that they can use it more so like personal energy savings correlating to like people being happier versus like does as a whole does our whole economy does our whole society actually save energy because of daylight savings mm-hmm. so like i don't know probably not because of all of the all of the things being too big, but like, again, same with like, and okay, most energy consumption isn't the fault of like individuals. Yeah. Um, also, what is energy? Is it like your productive energy in capitalist society? Is it how much you're working? Okay, I'll I, stop. I, I, but like, what is energy? <laughs> yeah, this is this is the questions that we have to ask. We just have an absolute panic, and then um, we stop recording for two months. <laughs> Yep. Uh, just, just, yeah, lots of food for thought for, for, uh, to mull over the holidays. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, kind of going back to where I was headed with, oh, sorry. Um, no, you're so good. But like, okay, so obviously energy, happiness, what does it all mean? Right. So that extra hour in the evening generally correlates to people being happier but the switching back and forth really fucks people up because just like even just an hour shift dramatically or like can dramatically affect people's endocrine systems Mm. and it just throws people off um and that causes people to be tired just off their game people get into car accidents at higher rates hospitals see an 11% increase in depressive symptoms after the fall change. So there is data around people experiencing more depression. Going back to standard time, the adjustment for both times also sees an increase uh, of 8% in strokes. And that number goes all the way up to 25% increase in strokes for people who have cancer. And people who are over 65 are 20% more likely to experience heart attacks when this hour shifts. Wow. So that's bad news. So a lot of people are just proposing scrapping standard time altogether and just keeping daylight saving time because almost everyone loves it. Um, just the switching back and forth is what people complain about. That's what causes issues in health and all sorts of stuff. And if standard time was scrapped, would the mornings be a little bit darker, especially in the winter? Yes. But overall, the way our society is set up right now, more people would be able to enjoy more light. And I know personally, just like very much feeling the effects of lack of light in the winter, I would very much enjoy scrapping standard time altogether. Mm -hmm. California has passed measures to keep daylight saving time in effect all year round, although I don't think it's been put into practice yet. Like it wasn't binding. And there is a big movement in Florida led by Marco Rubio called the Sunshine Protection Act 
that's also aimed at keeping daylight saving time all year round. So I think it's kind of cool that this idea has a lot of bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. Um, Freaks me out that I agree and- with Marco Rubio, but other than that, yeah. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I agree with you on this <laughs> one thing. Um, but like, it's kind of interesting because it's a policy that like really doesn't cost any money, but it can have huge impacts on local economies and making people happy. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's really cool. Also, like, what is time? It doesn't matter. We could just like use it how <laughs> it makes us feel good. And that's cool. And maybe just maybe we save a little bit of energy along the way. So, yeah, like I feel like, again, like a lot of times when we talk about climate policy or like being more environmentally friendly, I feel like it's people associate that with restriction or like having less. Mm -hmm. But like this is something where it's just like chill and like good. Like there's (laughs) most people will benefit from this and like have to do very little. Mm -hmm. So and we don't have to argue about who's going to pay for it because we just move the clock yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm team daylight saving time all year round. Make daylight saving standard time. Uh, yeah, there's also so much opportunity, like you said, to shop local or like to change people's consumer yeah. habits like mm-hmm. to go along with this. Like it doesn't have to be something that's necessarily more energy intensive, but like we have a lot of work to do with the ways that we like use our energy. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I, it feels like a lot of the calculations that they've made, first of all, are really difficult to accurately calculate because, like, uh-huh. talking about a time change. But there's so much opportunity for us to improve that and still, like, benefit from the extra hour of sunlight in the evenings mm-hmm. when we use exactly. it more. So I'm exactly. very pro. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm very pro. Uh, so that's about all I have. I feel like like I could talk about daylight saving for a really long time. I've had a couple of people ask me about this podcast in real life mm-hmm. in the past couple of days. And I'm like, well, I'm like talking about daylight saving and this week, like because we, I always give a couple of examples of like what we yeah. talk about. And then I just went into a whole thing about <laughs> saving time. I'm like, we should just have it all year. <laughs> um, so I apologize <laughs> to anyone who had to hear me talk about that in real life. No, it's amazing. But, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, my roommates went out on Saturday night and I was like, oh, dang, I should have reminded them because like I knew they weren't going to remember. But it, mm-hmm. it, I will say it is nice in the fall to get that extra hour of sleep. It is. I think like we're going into the dump now, right? Yeah. Because what I was going to say, my main thing from this week is that I like actually took time to rest this weekend, which was really yes. needed and very good. And like having, mm-hmm. I will say, having the extra hour even though we're going back to standard mm-hmm. time, was, like, really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like in the few weeks before then, I I cr- kind of been, like, working on shoots and, like, working on a short documentary I'm working on over, like, the last few weekends. And I knew it was bad mm-hmm. for me, but I was still doing it because I felt mm-hmm. like I had deadlines. And, I mean, I did to, to figure out all this stuff. But, like, just taking some time on Saturday and Sunday of this weekend to, like, do a leisurely grocery shop and like like make some good prep some like good vegetables and like meals that I like 
and like sleep and watch the catch up on you, which I'm still very behind on. But like now I'm in season three, like do stuff that's not related Mm -hmm. to climate was like very necessary, especially during COP26 and all the stuff that's happening like now. Yes. Yes. Which I feel like there's so much happening with that Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I haven't even been fully paying attention to. I've just seen a lot about there being like more oil people there than anybody else. Yeah. I shared something on um, social media today that said like, there are maybe 500 people there from fossil fuel interests. And like, that's more than, you know, Brazil had as delegates more than there were indigenous delegates. Like, um, it has been, I guess, good, not good, but like, I'm happy to at least see some people talking about it. A lot of BIPOC activists that I follow have been like Mm -hmm. really candid about their experience there and like what they experience inside of COP, like inside of the, event buildings versus what they're seeing on the outside. I mean, there were like 100,000 mm-hmm. people that marched for climate justice outside in Glasgow a couple of days ago for us in early November. And like as demoralizing as it can be to realize that like the systems of power are not going to like take this opportunity to change. They've mm-hmm. also rejected that opportunity so many times before. And so to see the yeah. people power rising up and seeing more and more people like I'm beginning to understand like, okay, that's where that's where the change is going to come from. Like we've said that a lot, but this yeah. is such a stark example. So it's like mm-hmm. demoralizing, but also, okay, if we focus on that, maybe it can feel sort of empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Or like they're they knew like know that they have to at least answer to what's mm-hmm. happening a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you anyone is listening to this on the day that it happens, because or on the day that this episode goes out, there are some vigils happening at the UN headquarters in New York City, um, hosted by mm. Extinction Rebellion, Rise and Resist, Fridays for Future, and East River Park Action. And they're happening through the weekend. There's also a march at Times Square for the fall of fossil fuels that's like run by a, a group of other New York organizations. So I invite you okay. to come out, come hang out with me. I'll have my camera, so you'll probably see me. And yeah. Like it has been really nice over the last few months getting more involved in like direct actions, which I wasn't an opportunity Mm -hmm. when I first moved to New York because of the pandemic. And that is always something that leaves me feeling hopeful because you're like actually physically surrounded by people that like give a shit. Yeah, that's awesome. My big dump thing is that I watched Dune Mm. and I, I still have not been to a movie theater since the pandemic hit. And like, I feel like I would go and feel fine, but I still feel like it's a little weird to just like go sit in a room filled with humans mm-hmm. um, for like two hours yeah. or two, two and a half hours, I think, in the case of Dune. But Dune is on HBO. Yeah. HBO Max. So I was like, what? <laughs> this is awesome. So I I watched it twice last week because Poe was acting up the first time we watched mm-hmm. it, like especially in the first like maybe 20, 30 minutes of the the movie where so much, ha- like there's so much like just like v- casual kind of conversations between people that is just like kind of like lore dump like between all the different families and like what's going yeah. on. So I was just like so lost for the rest of the movie. So I watched it again <laughs> uh, and it was really good. And I was like, mm, I fully missed this whole bit. But the movie is so good. It's like very slow and beautiful, but also like tense the entire time. Mm. I don't have you seen mm-hmm. it. And I bought the book okay. a couple of years ago in preparation for the movie coming out. 
I, st- I brought it with me. It's sitting in my roommate's room because she hasn't read it either. But like, nice. I I'm I think that's maybe something I'll do over like Thanksgiving break is read that and then watch the movie. Yeah, and then watch although the I movie. think it goes off of HBO Max like the 21st or something, so I have to pay attention to that. Okay. But yes, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I mean, everyone I know I feel like has been watching it. Yeah, it it was really good. the The soundtrack it's great. Uh, it's Hans Zimmer, mm. so you just went all out and it's very good yeah I think the first theater like well I have a class that we watch films in a theater but like we're all wearing masks Mm. and there's 10 people in the class that I know so it's like a very different experience but I went to a screening of the rescue I think I talked about on the podcast um a couple weeks ago and that was like a pretty full theater okay but like a really emotional film and like yeah. I was just especially moved by it, I think, being in person for the first time mm-hmm. in a while. I can't remember if that was my first movie. But, like, just the emotional experience of seeing something like that. So I feel like Dune would be yeah. similar, too. Especially because it's so, yeah. like, technological and stuff. But I yeah. want to watch it so we can talk about, like, capitalist undertones or, like, extractivism and stuff. Because yeah. I feel like that's a big yeah. and. It- topic imperialism and all of that yeah okay well put a pin in that watch it well yeah and then I I have the book downstairs I have not read it (laughs) so I started listening to it and it was the worst audiobook like production I have ever heard in my entire life like it was not mixed right so some people were very loud and some people were really quiet Mm -hmm. because different people voiced different characters Mm. but only sometimes oh weird so it was like these people it was like like voice actors like doing these different parts but then there'd just be like a random chapter where it's just like one guy reading it what the heck and it was was just like what is this so like i i read the first part of it but like the production was so distracting (laughs) yeah you like you're just like pissed off about it in your head and you forget what they're saying couldn't fully even get it (laughs) yeah and just like, yeah, the levels, I was like, I can hear half of this chapter because I was in the car. So like the quiet parts, I was like, I literally can't hear what mm. they're saying. And then the loud parts would like blast through the car. It was like so bad. So I was going to listen to it, but whatever audiobook was like the most popular one was just absolutely atrocious. Mm. So real book, real book it is. Reading it with my eyes. <laughs> the, old, the old fashioned way. <laughs> um, um, do you have anything else? That's it. Why don't you do our socials? Cool. So you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at World is Burning No G. I believe this is going to be our last episode of the mm-hmm. year, but we'll still be posting on there. And we are specifically going to be posting on our TikTok, World is Burning with a G. Honestly, that's like a gonna be a good time if you have any questions about stories we've mm-hmm. covered. If we post a TikTok about it, like let's have a chat. Uh, what do you want to know more about? the things that we've talked we talked about we can elaborate on tiktok uh so definitely follow us there um i'm looking forward to being on there more over the next couple months me too um you can find all of our sources and everything on our website worldisburning.com uh for this episode and all the ones we've done previously and again we're taking a little break and we'll be coming back at the top of the year so if there are any stories you want us to start thinking about planning for next year, email us at worldisburningpod. Is it worldisburningpod <laughs> at gmail.com? Um, and 
we won't see you next Wednesday. We'll see you on a Wednesday in 2022. See you in 2022. What the heck? <laughs> 